Good morning, this is Bryce Peterson, and this is episode 34, How to Feel. Guys, I'm talking to you. Comedian Bill Burr talks about how all he wants to be able to do sometimes is to be able to pet a puppy or smell a flower or watch a romantic comedy or use an umbrella for crying out loud without the fear of being labeled as a sissy by his male counterparts. He points out the dynamic among males that there's this bravado or machismo where we don't want to be viewed as weak by our counterparts and we don't want to be viewed as weak by females either and so we go through this strange routine in life where we avoid at all costs any possibility that we could be viewed as a sissy sensitive or what have you that this among all other things is the most detestable least desirable possibility that we could ever experience it's a little bit silly isn't it when we really stop and think about it is this rooted in some primal instinct possibly where the more fierce or stern we appear the less likely we are to be attacked i think it truly is a lower brain manifestation that we really unconsciously go through we need to appear as strong and fierce and untouchable and unbreakable as possible so that people won't attack us people won't try to hurt us people won't cross us we just want the simple life and the best way to do that our biology tells us is to keep those feelings down don't feel anything guys don't let people see your feelings Resist them at all costs, suppress them, mask them with chemicals, pornography, do whatever you can to just keep the feelings down and look as tough and mean and awesome as we possibly can. And that's how we're going to get through it, baby. That's how we're going to get through it. Then we will have succeeded. I'm here to tell us that this is false. There's other ways to do this. Now, this is an option. This is an option. But what I want to offer to us is that there is a more delicious path, a more fascinating path, a more illuminating path than this stereotypical male, macho, tough guy approach. There's so much more out there. Guess what, guys? We're allowed to cry. Do you ever cry? Maybe you've held it back for so long that you don't even know how to cry anymore. You just don't want to look like a sissy. It's okay to cry. There are times when you really should cry. Let's face it. So I want to talk about how to feel. And with CTFAR, when people hear about this for the first time, I think it's quite natural because, again, the way our brain works is we're, we're looking for flaws the brain, when it learns about CTFAR, is like, oh, well, I can feel better more often than I am. That's all I want to do. And oh, 
the way I've been thinking has been kind of jacking things up for me somewhat? Yes and no. I mean, that's one way of looking at it. Our brains, and especially guys, especially guys, like if we see a perceived problem, someone tells us, hey, there's this thing wrong. We're like, oh, well, let's fix it right away. We, this is the most important thing now. All hands on deck. We're fixing this. And that can be a good thing. Whenever my father-in-law comes over to our house, he invariably finds something that could be enhanced, uh, be it a cabinet door, a light fixture, a light switch, some kind of other hinge somewhere, uh, a plumbing thing. I mean, he, he just finds all that stuff with his eyes closed almost. He, he can almost walk in the room and be like, oh, yep, that switch, there's an issue there. I can just feel it in the air. He just knows. So our brains are going to do that. And when we learn about CT far, and we realize that most of the discomfort in our lives is unnecessary and it's caused by our thoughts, not by the circumstances themselves, we're like, okay, well, we got to make sure never, ever to think a thought that is going to make us feel like that. Oh, yeah, no, we cannot think thoughts that make us feel like that because we don't want to be a sissy, right? We don't want to look weak. So we get the feeling, hey, if I can feel better, I'm just going to think the thoughts that are going to make me feel better all the time and I'm never going to feel bad. And we're kind of back in this loop. We will co-opt CT far to try to mask, to try to protect ourselves, essentially. But the thing is, is there are important times to be able to feel and be reflective and not try to resist these things. So for example, let's say you lose a loved one. We've all lost a loved one. We're going to lose more loved ones. This is probably an easier example to, to call upon. But of all things, of all times, this is a, a perfectly natural time to embrace our feelings. You lose a close friend. That's a big deal. Take the time to process this loss. Whoever you lost is irreplaceable. You're never going to see them again in this world. You will see them in the resurrection, yes. But depending on how long you live, it's going to be a minute. It's okay to grieve the loss. A lot of behavioral psychologists embrace the concept of clean pain versus dirty pain. There's clean pain surrounding the loss of a loved one, processing the fact that you're not going to see them again until the next life, and just enduring that, letting it be in your body. What does that feel like? I know for me, losing one of my oldest friends, Brock, to COVID in 2020, there was definitely some denial going on there. Definitely some denial. I laid in bed quivering and just shaking and just saying over and over again, I don't want him to be gone. I don't want him to be gone. And I just cried and wept and just shook. It felt very fast, kind of a fast emotion vibration in my chest. It was a, it was a cleansing experience for sure. But at the time, it didn't feel amazing. We're not always supposed to feel amazing. It hurt a lot. I was scared to go to 
the viewing and the funeral. I was I was afraid to see him in the casket. Again, went in there when I saw him and gave his dad a hug. Ah, oh, I just again just more of that feeling of denial, wanting it not to be. You get you're gonna go through some of that with some of the experiences in life. I did find it very therapeutic myself to be part of the experience of putting the dirt onto his casket, putting shovel full after shovel full on there, just kind of going through that process of accepting it. And then when his remains were fully covered by the dirt, I was one of the last people there, and I just kind of laid on the ground next to where he was and just talked to him. And I don't remember what exactly I said, but just allowed myself to come to grips with with the reality that one of my longest time, most loyal friends was was gone. And I gotta say, coming back, so that was that was in December 2020, and when we came back uh, from St. George back up to the Salt Lake area, I was riding on my little razor scooter in the evening. I had a long beard at the time and I had all this beard bling that I've never used. These little ornaments and lights that you can hang in your beard. And so I put all a bunch of that in my beard. I was putting down the street on my scooter and it's dark. And there was a car that swerved out of the, the lane they were in into the oncoming traffic side of the road where I was. And it looked like they were going to hit me. And then they swerved away at the last second. And I, after I got over the fact that my heart rate had just been greatly elevated and thought, those guys were about to kill me. What the heck? Like, that was a definitely, it looked so intentional that they swerved in my direction. And then the thought occurred to me that Brock was behind this, that he was messing around with me, just trying to freak me out. Oh, look at your beard bling, Bryce. You, I'm going to scare you. I don't know. It just... I just had this feeling that Brock was behind it somehow. It's totally something that he would have done. Whatever it is, if it's losing a job, it's okay to take some time to experience the loss of that and just let the feeling go go through your body. Don't try to resist what we might call negative emotions. They're negative because they have some kind of pain involved with them. They're not, they're not enjoyable. It's physically taxing. You know, it's excitement is physically taxing as well, but these, oh, you might, you might call them more purifying emotions in a way where they burn off some of the rough edges or something of our souls. So I don't know if negative emotion is necessarily the right term for clean pain. Clean pain is a purifying process for us. But dirty pain, dirty pain, and you're gonna, we're gonna experience some dirty pain with any situation of loss. I mean, it's, there's gonna be a little bit of that. Nobody's perfect at it. But dirty pain would be questioning why did this have to happen? It, it, it shouldn't have gone this way. This was, this was preventable. Why didn't this happen? Or, if, if only I'd have done this, then if I only would have said that, then this never would have happened. That's an example of dirty pain, trying to argue with the past. That's dirty pain. That doesn't, that never helps us. We can do it if we want to, but 
it's going to get us stuck. It, it doesn't bring us forward. It's not a purifying process to have dirty pain. A question or thought that we might have that would bring dirty pain is, why did God allow this to happen? I'm upset that God did this, that he would permit this. That's another example of dirty pain. We try to argue with what is. It's like using your feet as brakes and using your shoes and burning through your shoes and then you're rubbing. You're just moving along through time. Anyway, your body's moving through it. You're going through the experience and you're trying to stop it. You're trying to resist what is. You're putting your feet down and it's just the bottoms of your feet just get rubbed off down to the bone. That's what we're doing with dirty pain. We're trying to stop what is and it just grinds us down to nothing. So bringing this back to the idea that just because we do produce all of our emotions with our thoughts doesn't mean that we shouldn't feel unpleasant emotions sometimes. Remember how Christ was described, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Think about that for a second. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. The God of the universe condescended below all things to experience all elements of mortality. He suffered temptations, hunger, thirst, fatigue, all kinds of pain, even more than we could possibly suffer. Christ has not asked us to go through any experience that he personally was unwilling to go through himself. We are asked to strengthen the feeble knees and lift up the hands that hang down. In my view, there's no better way to do that than to slow down and take the time to empathize with each other, to put ourselves in each other's shoes. We don't have to take on the negative emotions of everyone around us, but when we take the time to experience the clean pain when those opportunities arise and allow ourselves to feel the emotion, go through that experience, then we can so much better empathize with other people and support them and be for them when they're going through that situation. So let's let our guard down a little bit here. We don't need to be tough guys. We don't need to be macho. What's that really accomplished for us anyway? Let's allow ourselves more of the full life experience, a more dynamic pathway, a more delicious pathway where there's so many other flavors out there. It provides contrast in life. We can experience more of the joy when we better understand and have embraced the sorrows that come through life. What a fascinating experience we've been given. And that's it for now.